the idea that no one is looking at the model presented by Mayor Rudy Giuliani in New York, which was very simple. If you throw a rock, you're arrested. If you throw a bottle, you're arrested. And all of a sudden, New York was, and it literally was almost overnight, New York became safe. The John McCullough Show, weekday evenings at 6 on The Patriot. WDTK, Detroit. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning, and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, and also owner and operator of Next Steps for Seniors, the business located in Rochester, Michigan. And each and every week, it's my goal really to bring you pertinent information, information that will be beneficial for you as we age. And before the program starts today, I want to share a uh, conference that I'm going to be speaking at, and that is on November 6th at Walsh College, and it is called the Retirement Summit. So if you have questions about your financial situation, what you're going to do when you retire, uh, the process to think about um, preparing for retirement and afterwards, definitely want to look into that. It is on our Facebook page, Next Steps Number 4 Seniors. You can look that up and RSVP to that retirement summit. I am going to be one of the speakers uh, later in the afternoon, so hopefully I will see you there. Today our topic, however, is going to be on conservatorship and guardianship. And my guest in the studio today, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Margaret Browning has been an attorney for 25 years and throughout her career has represented individuals with various disabilities. She's worked as a trial attorney representing people in lawsuits to obtain insurance benefits and monetary settlements. So we are super excited to have her with us this morning. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, and thank you for having me on, Wendy. Absolutely. And Margaret and I have known each other for years now. We have a, a friend that is uh, a co-friend, I should say, that we both know well. And I'm just going to mention his name, Marty Testazica. I think everybody Hi, Marty. knows Marty Testazica. <laughs> yeah. He's great. So I'm, I wanted you today, Margaret, because people are really confused about guardianship and conservatorship. And it is a hot topic. It's something we need to be educated on. But I don't even know the difference between the two. Like what is, okay. yeah, talk to me a little bit about that. Okay. So when a person gets to the point where they're having challenges in their thinking, if they're at the point of their life, and it could be from an injury, if it could be from an illness, it could be from Alzheimer's. But when someone's really at the point where they're unable to manage their own life, they are entitled to the assistance of a guardian and a conservator. And now the main difference between guardianship and conservatorship is the guardians have the responsibility and the duty really to look out for the person and the person's medical needs. That's kind of the main umbrella, if you will. Conservatorship, as the word conserve implies, uh, the conservator has the legal duty to protect and conserve the money of the individual that has impairments. So that's really the main difference. 
And that makes sense because it probably is beneficial to have two separate people doing that, or does it vary? Not necessarily. Um, Oftentimes, I am appointed guardian and conservator for the same individual. The thing that people don't realize is people are much more familiar with the um, concept of a power of attorney. Mm-hmm. And it, I think for some reason, it seems less intimidating to people, probably because guardianship and conservatorship require a trip to the court. But in actuality, if a person has guardian and conservatorship, there's actually more protection for the individual because there is court oversight. Versus the power of attorney, you're saying? Yes, exactly. S- yeah, so explain that a little bit more. That is interesting. Sure. So when I'm contacted by a family member, say they're looking for a guardian for their mother, we do a petition and we submit the information to the court and we explain why the individual needs the help. Um, There has to be an identifiable impairment of some sort. And we go into court and the judge really acts as a gatekeeper. They look at the medical information And they determine whether it's true that the person is impaired and whether they, in fact, do need a guardian. So already you've got a a situation where the the person's being looked out for. There's another set of eyes on it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I see what you're saying. And with a power of attorney, a power of attorney seems less intimidating, right? Because you're not going to court and you're not seeing a judge. Mm -hmm. A power of attorney is just basically a contract that two people sit down and and write together. But here's the big distinction. Here's the takeaway for everyone. A power of attorney is something that you prepare before you're impaired. Correct. You and I have the ability to today to sit down with an attorney, write out a contract, name the person that we want to be our backup decision maker if we are at the point later in life where we're unable to make our own decisions. Mm -hmm. So it requires that we have the capability to legally sign a contract. Once someone is impaired, they no longer have the legal capability to sign a valid contract. So if there's been a decline in someone's mental abilities because of Alzheimer's or dementia, once the impairment has started, and it manifests to the point that they're unable to manage their own affairs or they're having serious challenges, they do not have the legal capacity to sign a power of attorney. And I'm going to tell you, there's even attorneys that don't know this. There are attorneys that think it's better for individuals to sign a power of attorney rather than to do guardianship. But those folks really are doing a disservice to their clients because it's just not valid. Can you imagine you you think you have a power of attorney Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the person with that power of attorney goes to the bank and it's rejected. You know, these things happen. And it's very important that people respect the process. Again, court oversight means that things are done the right way. Additionally, once... If, if the situation requires a guardian and conservator, a lot of people don't realize the guardians have a duty to report to the court every year. And periodically, people from the court, it's called a guardian ad litem or a guardianship reviewer, 
the court will send out an individual just to see how the, how the person under guardianship is doing to make sure their needs are actually met, to make sure that they're going to medical appointments, to make sure that they're properly clothed, that they're And housing. the power of attorney doesn't have that. There's no. nobody overseeing the process. Exactly. Okay. In fact, in a lot of instances, I'm, it's, it's sad to say, the power of attorney and oftentimes can be a license to steal because there is no oversight. So here's the next question then. Is it true when you get a power of attorney that both the person asking for it and the person receiving it have to sign the document? Because it used yes. to be back in the day, if I remember, I would just say, you know, Margaret, I want you as my power of attorney. And I just write your name on a form. Sure. But now you have to say, okay, yes, I want that responsibility yes, and sign your name. Yeah. So there is a form you would sign accepting that power. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting for sure. How did you get in this line of work? This is so fascinating to me. Yeah. So it's interesting. You know, I went to law school and I didn't really have a specific idea of wh- how I wanted to my career to be. I went to law school really because I wanted to empower myself. And I felt, you know, it was sort of like, this is the place you go in life to learn all the rules. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just had this feeling that if I went to law school, I would have more knowledge and I would be able to help people. And I know that it sounds corny, but really that was my motivation. As I finished law school, my experience really led me to representing people that had been injured in auto accidents. So I was a personal injury attorney um, for many years, going into court and representing people with catastrophic injuries. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was I was able to get them money settlements, and oftentimes I was able to get them insurance benefits turned back on. But what I was recognizing is there were so many um, other needs that weren't really being addressed, that Mm -hmm. the the multitude of needs that people have when they're impaired um, is so great. And I honestly, I saw a lot of exploitation taking place. And I, I looked at guardianship and I looked at conservatorship and I realized that that would be a deeper way to really help someone, um, oftentimes when people come into money, such as from a settlement, that's a ripe opportunity for exploitation. So long story short, um, about nine years ago, I I started doing a little bit of guardianship and conservatorship. And I suppose it was somewhat familiar to me also, because um, I don't think that you even know this, Wendy, about me. Um, My sister was born with developmental disabilities. Did not know. So my first guardianship was my sister. Wow. When my father passed away, I took on the responsibilities of being her legal guardian. And so that was really the introduction in my personal life to guardianship. And you understand, you have empathy, you you understand what people are going through. Yeah. And I appreciate that in addition to all the schooling and the degree and the knowledge that you have. That just makes a more complete picture for people, I think. Living with disability is hard. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely hard. And I, and I do try to really understand and and sit with clients and understand what it is they're going through so that I can help them with all the different challenges. And 
because it is scary for the person that is becoming impaired and is perhaps losing right. their faculties, that I tried really hard to provide them comfort. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back in just a moment. Have you ever wondered how different your life would be without knee pain? Where you would go? What you would do? At New Life Medical, we want to help you find out. Call 248 965 0727. Schedule your free consultation to learn about our advanced non-surgical treatment for knee pain relief. This FDA-approved treatment is covered by insurance, and if you have Medicare, there may be no cost to you. Don't wait. Call New Life Medical today at 248-965-0727 to get the relief you deserve. Hey, Warrior fans, don't forget to join Josh Rennell and yours truly, Sean Belegian, for Warrior Football in your home for the Warriors, FM 1015 and AM 1400, the Patriot in-state battle against Davenport. Pre-game show starts at 1145, kickoff at noon, right here on your home for the Warriors, FM 1015, AM 1400, the Patriot, Warrior, Davenport. They get together. Don't miss it right here on the Patriot. I'm Brian Kurtz, president of AIP Financial Services. A fixed annuity is similar to a CD at a bank. They both give you a guaranteed interest rate for a certain period of time and are very safe. Fixed annuities, though, typically pay a higher interest rate than CDs, and the interest is tax-deferred until you take it out. As an independent advisor, I'm proud to be able to offer the highest guaranteed rates anywhere in the nation. Call AIP Financial Services today at 866-247-6663 to find out what you could be earning on your safe money. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Fears Nachiwadi with Principal Office in Dallas, Texas, is responsible for the content of this ad. This is an urgent message for anyone exposed to the herbicide Roundup and diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The World Health Organization has designated Roundup weed killer as a probable human carcinogen. If you've come in contact with Roundup and have been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, you may be entitled to compensation. A free consultation is now available to discuss your options and help you understand your legal rights and actions. Call 800-705-2717. Roundup is the most widely used herbicide in the United States and a California jury recently awarded $289 million to a landscaper who claimed Roundup gave him cancer. But time is limited to file a claim. If you worked with Roundup Weed Killer and have been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, call the Roundup Legal Helpline now. You could be entitled to significant compensation. Call 800-705-2717. That's 800-705-2717. 800-705-2717. Another crash on the way? Are you prepared? Mary is. After the 2008 crash, my retirement portfolio, my 401k, really took a hit. And I vowed never to allow that to happen again. So I went out and I got educated. One of the things that sets uh, Online Trading Academy apart from other schools is the fact that the instructors are not academics. They're real-world traders whom have traded in the pits in Chicago, in the NYMEX in New York. And uh, they, they teach us just a multitude of things. Mary learns strategies from professionals taught by professionals to increase profit in up or down markets. She came to a free power trading workshop, and you can too. And if you really want to take control of your financial life, go for that initial seminar and see if it resonates with you. I can't uh, recommend it enough. Call 844-250-8723, 844-250-8723 to reserve your seat. That's 844 844- Two five zero eight seven two three. Learn how to make money in any market.
This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We're here today with Margaret Browning from Browning & Associates. Our topic is guardianship and conservatorship. And it's really interesting. I think people get confused. And Margaret just did a great job of explaining that to us in the last segment. And Margaret, you mentioned as we were closing that segment about exploitation. And, you know, I think it's it's on the rise. I think that there's a lot of it going on. And I would love for you to talk to our listeners about the signs, like the warning signs um, that take place, um, just to kind of give us a better idea so we can talk through this and be aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting, first of all, that although exploitation is on the rise in general, studies have shown that seniors are particularly vulnerable absolutely. to exploitation. Um, you know, a lot of times as we age, we became, we become more dependent on those around us, family, friends, perhaps caregivers. And in terms of the signs, it is really important for everyone to be on the watch um, for, for family members, for friends, for neighbors, even people, people, I mean, or especially people that work at banks, right? People that assist with investments. So the kind of signs that people are encouraged to watch for is if there's a sudden change in a person's spending habits, if they're suddenly taking out large um, uh, amounts of cash, if they're adding someone to the bank account um, that's not an immediate family member, or if there's a a suspicious change in a will, um, a, a new insurance policy, you know, those are sorts of things that people should should pay take. attention yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> warning, warning yeah exactly. definitely because the question really is why are you making this change and if you have a conversation with the person and understand their thought process you know they may be preparing for the future they may have a legitimate interest to try to avoid probate or make things simple you know for their heirs Or it could be something like a nephew that they haven't seen in 20 years suddenly showed up and suggested that they do this, and they don't really know why. That would be a major warning sign. And I think the family being aware of it is another thing that we need to bring to your attention. And I'm just going to share a story. I was visiting a gentleman this week. The daughter lives out of state. And I, she wanted me to go to his house and talk with him because she's concerned. She's like, he doesn't sound right. You know, I think we might need a senior community. So I visited him and he's 90 years old and for the most part, you know, doing well. And he's still driving, which I'm not so sure on that one. But anyway. <laughs> well, we can talk so about he, that at some yeah, point. So he said, um, you know, by the end, I, I spent the, you know, probably an hour with him. And when I was leaving, he says, oh, by the way, I have a car for sale. And I said, you do? And he said, yeah. You know, the guy from Meyer almost bought it. Now, as soon as he said that, you know, me, because it's me, I'm like, okay, what guy from Meyer? What are you talking about? He goes, yeah, I was at Meyer the other day. And a tree had fallen on my house or something on his house. And so I was telling this guy from Meyer about it. He works there part-time, he's telling me. Okay. He's like, and so he came over and got the tree off of my house. And I'm like, well, that's really nice of yeah. him to do. And she go, and he goes, yeah. And then he noticed my cars. And then I was like, okay, what did he notice about his car? What's this guy's name? Which Meyer? Like, I, you know, right. now I, my, right as soon as he said it, 
my antennas go up. Right. I love that the guy was trying to do a nice duty, right? But Seemingly. there may have been a, an underlying intention. Sure. Of which is why I'm saying this story, because I want our families to be aware this is the kind of questions you have to continue to ask because, yeah, that's really sweet. No, you just nailed and on the head right there. Questions. The, in, in a situation like that where you just start feeling a little uneasy, I really recommend that folks ask more questions. So for the gentleman, you know, to ask him, have you thought about the value of your car? And then when they, if he says yes, you know, ask him, well, how does he assess the value of his car? Has he looked up, for example, Kelly Blue Book? Perhaps he's gone to a dealership and asked the dealership the value of his car. Um, so if he's thinking of ways to really get a fair market value, you know, it's, it's less likely that it's an exploitative situation. But if he starts giving you an answer like, well, the fellow at Meyer is just a really nice guy and he's down on his luck and he needs a little um, help, right? So I thought it would be a good, a good deed for me to sell my car for like $500. You know, that again would be sort of a red flag. He's not thinking of this item as assessing its true monetary He's value. He's at the emotional perspective of it. Yes, exactly. Okay. He's looking at the, the, the financial needs of someone who's a stranger to him, and he's mm -hmm. not putting his own financial needs first. Which, yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's why we need people like you, Margaret. I'm just telling you, this well, is exactly why. Thank you so much. Okay, so talk to us. If a person is impaired, why can't a family member just make a decision for them? So that's often the way things happen. But in the world that we live in today, um, banking, investments, conservatorship is the legal authority that one person is given to, to make legal and financial decisions. So... If you are going to go to the bank and take over the responsibility for your parents, the bank doesn't know, first of all, if you have a legitimate purpose in doing this or if you are exploiting your parents. Right. Okay. So again, um, the first assessment in deciding whether a person does need this kind of help should be, it should really start with a discussion with the doctor, whether this person's thought process is impaired. If they are impaired, it should be a trip to the court so that a judge can assess whether it's time to transfer the authority for one's finances from one person to the next. During that court hearing, the judge is also going to make a determination as the person that's seeking conservatorship, whether they're suitable. So it's important. And suitability is a very, it's kind of a, it's a general concept and a lot of factors go into it. I was just going to ask, what do they base suitability on? Okay. So it could be a person's general uh, responsibleness. Uh, the, the judge would probably ask whether they've ever had a bankruptcy, whether they're having any financial difficulties, um, whether they owe their parent any money. You know, are they still financially dependent on this person? Um, whether they have a criminal background, whether they've ever served as a guardian and conservator for someone in the past, 
whether they've ever been removed as being a guardian or a conservator in the past, whether they've ever been the subject of an adult protective services investigation. Those are all the sorts of questions that should be asked to make sure the potential conservator is suitable. Mm. So there's definitely some, there's, there's a lot of protection that goes into it. And then once the individual passes all those tests, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, once, once the judge is comfortable that this person really has a legitimate purpose and that they're the right person to be the conservator, they're given a document called a letter of conservatorship. And that document is what gives assurance to banks financial institutions, insurance companies, you need social that letter security. everywhere, I am sure. Yeah, absolutely. To prove that you have the legal authority to be transacting business. And is that good? You said for one year and then you have to go back. So what happens is that the document typically has an expiration of one year. But what happens is that the conservator is required to file an annual account. And this may be only interesting to uh, law nerds like me, but it's important because anyone serving as a conservator in that annual report, they have to write to the penny all of the income that comes in for the person. If it's a pension, Mm -hmm. if it's Social Security, Mm -hmm. if it's sale of a car, sale of a house. And then they also have to account, um, put on the report. All of the expenses, so all of the bills that get paid, um, where the money is going, um, you know, if a professional has been hired. This is good, though. This is accountability. This is exactly accountability. And at any point in time, a conservator should be able to provide this information upon request of the person that's under conservatorship. Just because you have a conservator doesn't mean you've lost your right to know your finances. So when clients call me and we, um, they say, you know what, I'm thinking about making a purchase. Can I afford this? Or how have my investments been doing? We set up a meeting. Either they come into the office I go, or I go to their house, and I show them all the documentation. But once a year, it's required to be submitted in writing to the court. And that I'm, I actually am liking this because power of attorney, there's nothing. And you may even want to change that power of attorney if you run into a, you know, a rub with your daughter or with your son. And this is the kind of information that we're here to learn about today. So I'm listeners. I'm sure you're as fascinated as I am. We're going to be back in just a few moments. You're listening to The Patriot at FM 101.5 AM 1400. Do your knees hurt? Are simple moves such as squatting, standing up, and navigating staircases painful? Would you like to avoid surgery? New Life Medical has a non-surgical treatment that's helped countless people. And Medicare, plus a secondary insurance, means it may be completely covered, so there's no cost to you. Call New Life Medical at 248 248- 965-0727 to schedule your free consultation and learn about the knee pain treatment that comes with peace of mind. That's 248-965-0727. I'm Brian Kurtz, president of AIP Financial Services. A fixed annuity is similar to a CD at a bank. They both give you a guaranteed interest rate for a certain period of time and are very safe. Fixed annuities, though, typically pay a higher interest rate than CDs, and the interest is tax-deferred until you take it out. As an independent advisor, I'm proud to be able to offer the highest guaranteed rates anywhere in the nation. Call AIP Financial Services today at 866-247-6663 to find out what you could be earning on your safe money. 
our troops to be their best means ensuring they get the right level of physical activity, nutrition, and importantly, sleep. And if you're sharing barracks, then the enemy of sleep is snoring. To snore less, use Mute. Mute is an easy-to-use nasal breathing device designed to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. Thanks to Mute, you'll get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth. So you'll snore less, sleep more, and everyone in your barracks or your bedroom will be happier. Whatever your mission in life, if you want to be at your best, win the battle against snoring with Mute! Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. Pat Boone here for the folks at Swiss America. Rock-solid foundations are vital in life, in business, and in finance. Because in the end, only what we've built on a firm foundation will withstand the storms of life. Today, the economic storms are raging and the foundations of everything are being tested. The world economy has never looked shakier. And gold, the world's oldest and most trusted form of money, is also grabbing headlines. Now is the time to put your future on a rock-solid foundation. Swiss America will help you create an indestructible asset today. Discover the timeless truth about gold and silver by calling Swiss America or visiting online at SwissAmerica.com. 800-978-3908-800-978-3908-800-978-3908. Once again, that's 800-978-3908. Attention, this is a public notice from Citizens Disability. If you're one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be eligible for disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right if you suffer from physical and mental disability. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, Citizens Disability can help. You'll be given an advocate who will evaluate your situation, handle your application, and deal with Social Security. Best of all, there's no fee until you receive your benefits. We only get paid if you win your case. There are a number of conditions that can make you eligible for disability benefits, many of them you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call Citizens Disability today to get started with your free, no-obligation consultation. 800-620-1624. 800-620-1624. That's 800-620-1624. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to our topic today, which is guardianship and conservatorship. And today we have Margaret Browning with us from Browning & Associates, and the discussion is... um, fascinating, and I'm sure that people are taking (laughs) notes, Uh, but it's so interesting to me because power of attorney is a big word, and everybody in my my arena uses power of attorney, and understanding what guardianship and conservatorship is really valuable, I think, to everyone. So my million-dollar question to you, Margaret, now is, do people pick their guardian, or do guardians pick the people? Like, how does this work? So, Wendy, that's a great question. I'm going to first tell you what I think is the 
less fortunate way guardians get involved with folks. And this is hopefully the way that your listeners will avoid. What's most common is people don't prepare for the future. People don't want to recognize their own mortality. They don't want to think about what's going to happen to me when I can no longer speak for myself. So they avoid it. They don't talk to their family about it. Kids don't talk to their parents about it. Everyone, it's like that, you know, elephant in the room. So parents decline and it could be an accident. It could be an injury and someone ends up in the hospital. And in the hospital setting, if the person demonstrates confusion, um, not understanding what happened to them, not understanding what the medical treatment is that's being offered, not being able to choose which medical treatment is appropriate for them. A doctor or a nurse in the hospital setting may, you know, hopefully that they will assess the mental faculties. And if they see someone is impaired and they're struggling to make their own medical decisions, a petition is going to be filed. And then what happens who, is who files that petition? It could be someone in the hospital. In the it hospital. could be the yeah, hospital it, does it. It's most typically is a hospital social worker. Mm-hmm. So the hospital social worker would take a letter from the doctor, and the social worker would go to court, and they, there would be a hearing. And that's only because there is confusion, and there's nobody right now assigned as that they know of to a power of attorney or guardianship. That is correct. Okay. In the instance that there has not already been sort of a backup decision maker. Even if there's a family member that's been talking to the hospital, no, see, it doesn't a fa- matter. A family member that's just concerned does, does not have legal authority yeah, to make someone else. in lies the problem. Even if they're the spouse, even if they are a child. child. I mean, I think we'll, we all remember the Terry Scheibo case mm-hmm. in Florida where there was the battle between the spouse and the parents and nobody really had ever thought about it and put it on paper who would be the backup decision maker if that young woman was um, unable to speak for herself. So that's why that case went on for so many years. But so getting back to the, the individual in the hospital, if a petition is filed in a situation like that, no one has thought about who would be the best guardian. So when the hearing progresses to the courtroom, if there's not a family member that the judge finds suitable, or if a family member is doesn't just step up, doesn't step up, or maybe they live out of state, or maybe they have a very demanding job. And they, so there's a lot of different reasons, or maybe it's elderly folks that never had kids. So most courts have a list of guardians who they will appoint and they just go down the list case by case. And that's only if a family member or someone doesn't show up to court. That's correct. So now what I usually do, um, my clients typically get referred to me um, in all different kinds of ways. Um, I think, Wendy, from time to time, you've referred me a client. Um, friends and neighbors. Um, some of my clients have been neighbors. Um, I do get calls from judges periodically on especially complicated cases. I get calls from doctors or case managers. So referrals come to me all different ways. And what I always do is as long as there's no emergency, I go and I meet with the people prior to the court. That way they can meet me. 
I can meet them, I can answer all of their questions, and that they can decide, is this, am I a kind of person that they would trust? Would they feel comfortable with? And anybody who's contemplating working with a guardian or a conservator, I really invite you to interview that person because you have to feel comfortable. You have to trust them. You have to understand the process. You have to understand what you're gaining and also what you may be giving up. Mm-hmm. And I got to believe that there's a lot of people out there that are appointed guardians. They don't even know who they are. So that's a concern. You're right. You're absolutely right. And the way that the system is set up is not ideal. And there are guardians out there that have hundreds of clients. Mm. And that's a problem. I mean, I firmly believe every guardian should know their clients. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So I have a small company, and even with the, um, we are a total of eight people in my company, Mm -hmm. and we all have different roles and different responsibilities, but we know every single one of our clients, and we interact with them regularly, and we know their families. Yeah. And I think that's important, like you said, because there are, there is a lot going on. So I just have a case similar to this. And now that we're talking, I wish I would have had you talk to him, but something similar happened where it was, um, I want to say their cousin was in the hospital okay, and they were talking to the hospital, but the hospital put the petition in because this person was confused and there was no conservator guardianship or POA on file for this person. So of course, It went, you know, in the mail or some kind of notification comes to the cousin and says, you need to show up at court. So he's confused because he's like, why do I have to show up at court? I didn't do anything wrong. But it's because they must want him to be the guardian because he he was acting like a guardian. He just didn't have the paperwork done, basically. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that the court process can be very intimidating to folks. Well, you assume right away, you're like, what did I do wrong? Right, right. And I, <laughs> and I, that's not the case. I always joke that, you know, most people, the only people that really like going to court are lawyers and not even all the lawyers like going to court. <laughs> right, right. How much does it cost to get, guard, like to go to court? If they try to get guardianship, not like this point of court appointed one, but of in an, a regular situation, I mean, is it like a couple hundred dollars or who so, pays for that? Yeah. So the fee for filing a petition for guardianship or for conservatorship is $175 paid to the, the county probate court. Okay. And then, um, so again, a guardian does not have to be a professional. A guardian can be a family member as long as they have the time and the resources to go to medical appointments, to keep accurate records, to, you know, to do the work, you know, that's the important thing. And yeah, I got to believe it's a challenge in today's day and age to do that correctly. It's especially a challenge when you have a role reversal of a parent-child relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as the child is the adult and they're having to take on the responsibilities to manage the well-being of their senior citizen parents, a lot of adult children don't have the, they're not comfortable now parenting their parent. That's exactly correct. It's so difficult. It's so difficult. And people don't realize. Do you have an answer for that? (laughs) It is difficult. Um, It requires really a lot of empathy, a lot of patience, 
and a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. I think the number one thing in our job is listening and we kind of joke that we are we also consider ourselves sort of professional problem solvers. Um, but a lot of times it's it's listening and guiding people through the hard times in their life. Um, you know, no one likes to face their own mortality. No one likes to face their own illness. But we, you know, we do a lot to keep in contact with the clients and really to guide them through this process. Share your phone number, Margaret, so our listeners could call you if they're interested right now. So our office phone number is 248-707-9119. Okay, and you're located in... We are located in Livonia. But you can go anywhere, right? I mean, people can call you from... We go, we go all over. Um, primarily, we are in kind of the Detroit metropolitan area. Um, believe it or not, I've gone as far as Mount Pleasant. I have some cases out of uh, Alma. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we and our staff is spread geographically so that we can service those clients. And your services work per hour, I'm assuming? That is correct. Okay. That's correct. Um, we bill by the hour, and we we do a monthly invoice, and everything is written and documented so that at any time, you know, we really believe in transparency, and we try to keep the clients informed and know what's going on, and the family members. You know, and it's funny because oftentimes we become close to a client like family, but we always stress that we have no interest in displacing responsible family members. Right. And that makes sense because it, you, you want to, you want to support them and collaborate with them. You don't want to replace them. Exactly. And in fact, there are instances um, that I serve as co-guardian with a family member. Oh, we got to talk about co-guardian in the next segment. You're listening to the Patriot FM 101.5 AM 1400. And we're going to be back in just a moment with our topic, guardianship and conservatorship. The annual enrollment for Medicare is coming soon. So we're here at Health Markets, a free service to help make sure you have the right Medicare plan. Mike, there's a lot going on here. There sure is. Health Markets has invented the FIT score to instantly compare thousands of Medicare plans from national insurance companies. In minutes, folks can find out if their current plan is the right fit or if there's another plan that can provide extra coverage and help save money. Best of all, the service is free. So what Medicare benefits could people be missing out on? A lot. Plans with $0 copays, $0 deductibles, and $0 premiums. Plans that include dental and vision coverage, or diabetic supplies, hearing aids, and more at no additional cost. With so many choices, our advice is don't go it alone when there's a free, unbiased service that can help. Go to healthmarkets.com or call 800-730-1372. That's 800-730-1372. 800-730-1372. Don't forget, daylight savings time ends Sunday at 2 a.m. So set your clocks back one hour at bedtime tonight. This is a reminder from FM 101.5 and AM 1400. The Patriot. WDTK. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.